All right. Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. We're so grateful to see each and every one of you here this morning. Today we are closing out a series called Giving Up on Perfect. It's amazing what a microphone does when it's on, isn't it? I turned it off. I'm sorry I did that, y'all. Um, anyways, this series about giving up on perfect has really um, done something with my heart. Um, this series was born out of a Sunday afternoon sitting on the couch, and Chris and I, um, who's also a pastor here at Horizon, we're going back and forth about all the ways that we can make the worship experience more perfect, the way we could serve more perfect, all the, per all the ways we could make this church more perfect, and even in our own lives. Like, what are all the things we could do to make our lives more perfect? And, and this, it just caused, like, a great deal of stress in our lives, and we felt like in a moment God just spoke to us and said, why don't you give up on all your perfect ideas and plans? Why don't you let go of that perfect and give it to me? And we felt like that was an invitation not just for us but for all of you. And that's been affirmed in the last couple of weeks when we've seen you post on social media, when you've sent us text messages about the ways you're wrestling with the ways God's asking you to give up on some of those perfect plans and ideas that you've held on to so tightly. God is igniting change in our lives. That's the heartbeat of Horizon, that we shine light, but that we experience and ignite God's change both in our lives and in the world around us. And so we're just so grateful for a God who invites us to let go of thinking of all the perfect ways to do that, right? And who offers us peace and love and grace in all the ways that we are imperfect. Um, I wanted to start this morning by talking about one of the biggest sports controversies in the past five years. Um, this one team, who I'm not particularly fond of back in 2015, let a little bit of air out of a perfectly inflated football. You know, the rule is the football is inflated to a certain amount, and this, this one team, the New England Patriots, specifically their quarterback, Tom Brady, they became the center of an investigation called Deflategate because it became known that they were letting a little bit of air out of the football to give them a winning edge. In fact, they did this in a, in a league championship game. So the winner of the, the game would go on to the Super Bowl, and the New England Patriots like may have won the game because they deflated the footballs. There was an investigation. It was found out that indeed um, they, it, was, it was very probable that they were letting air out of the football and so footballs, and so they were uh, Tom Brady was suspended for four games. The New England Patriots were fined and even lost a draft pick in 2015. But who knew, right? Who knew that letting a little bit of air out of a football would give you a winning edge to a football game? I didn't know that. Like, I thought the rule is you inflate the football to the amount that the referee tells you to, and you play the game, right? And Chris was like, Erica. <laughs> That's not exactly how it works. He's worked at all kinds of different levels um, with football, from flag football, little league stuff, all the way up to, to college football. And he's like, everyone knows that if you deflate the football just a little bit, like, it, it just works. It just works better. But, you know, I'm a rule follower, so that doesn't make sense. I don't understand, like, why you would cheat and do that. But anyway, letting a little air out of the football apparently does 
give you an edge to the game. But I still wanted to understand, like, why this works. So I did what every millennial does, right? I went to Google and typed in, why does letting a little air out of a football give you a winning edge to the game? And all of the articles that came up said the science of deflate gate. So I'm not the only person who's had this question. Apparently, if you let a little air out of the football, you can grip it better so you can throw it more accurately. And you can a deflated football is proven to go at least four feet further than a football that's perfectly inflated. Anybody here know that? Did y'all know that? A deflated football, like, literally gives you an edge to the game. Distance and accuracy are important variables in a football game, right? And so if you can, if you can get those right, the game becomes a little more manageable, right? Letting a little air out of the football makes the game a little more manageable. And so this morning, I thought y'all could um, participate in my experiment. I have a football that's um, to uh, standards, and I'm going to, Chris Brewer played football in college, and he played for the Canadian Football League, so I texted him this week, and I said, will you catch this football, and I practiced a couple times this morning, and um, <laughs> Matt, just watch it, okay, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in, okay, this is the perfectly inflated football, so we'll see how this goes, that was pretty good, that was a perfectly, all right, take a couple steps back. This one's a deflated one. We'll see, we'll see if it works. Matt, watch your head, okay? All right, y'all ready? Oh, maybe it doesn't give you an edge. <laughs> I don't know. I, that didn't work like it was supposed to. <laughs> I was too good at the first one. But letting a little air out, right, makes the football game more manageable. Releasing some of that tightness in the football makes things a little more manageable. As humans, we know this, right? Anybody here a sire? Anybody here take deep sighs a lot? <sighs> I'm a sire. I, that's what Chris can like hear me on one side of the house and he's like, what's wrong? What was that sigh about? I'm like, nothing. Everything's fine. I just sometimes need to like let that tight, stuffy air out of my body to let some fresh, to let some room in for some fresh, good, clean air. Science actually, I looked up the science of sighing, and science actually says that a sigh is, is your way of letting a complicated and complex and chaotic system. Breathing is a chaotic system in our lives, and sighing, letting a little air out, actually gives room for it to reset. It, your, your whole system resets when you sigh. You just let a little, you let that stuffy, stagnant air out, and you let some good clean, fresh air in, and it helps reset the balance of all of your body systems. Letting a little air out makes our lives a little more manageable, right? We can go further and do more than we thought we could do when we let just a little air out. It's one of those crazy times of year, right? May, it's, it's, it's busy. There's a million things coming at us. There's a thousand things to do. There's a thousand ways to miss the perfect mark right? What does it look like in this season for us to let a little air out to make our lives more manageable? What does it look like for those of us who are feeling tight? There's been a million ways for me to miss the mark this week of being the perfect mom, the perfect pastor, the perfect human being, the perfect friend, the perfect wife. I've missed the mark every single day this week. What does it look like, right, for that tightness that we feel from always missing the mark? What does it look like to let a little room for some peace in our lives. We're not the first people who've had these longings. 
We're not the first people. In 2019, we have a unique set of circumstances that no one else in the world has ever experienced. We're connected to each other at a rate that, that the world has never been connected to each other. We spend time doing things that people in the world have never had the chance to do. So our circumstances in 2019 are different. The ways that we are bombarded in every direction with being perfect is different now in 2019 than it was 2,000 years ago for people who were following Jesus. But, but those feelings of trying to be perfect and getting all locked up and tight because of it, those feelings aren't unique to us. So I thought we could spend some time this morning looking at the story of God. When we start to pick this thing up and read it, we see story after story after story of the people of God locking themselves up in their perfect ideas and their perfect plans for each other, getting all tight and worked up and wound up too tight. And we see a God every single time offer folks love and peace in the place of their perfect ideas and perfect plans. And this morning we're going to talk about a specific story. It's found in John 20. I'm going to give you just a little bit of background. Jesus, who God sent to give us a new way of living life, who ushered in peace and light and love in all the places where human beings are tight and wound up and focused on perfection. God sent us Jesus who brought light and change and this morning we're going to read about right after Jesus died and rose again. Some people had already seen Jesus before, but, but a group of his followers, the disciples, they hadn't yet seen him. And this is what it says in John 20, verses 19 through 22. If you have your Bibles with you, you can open up with me. If not, the words will be behind me on the screen. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. Did you hear that? The followers of Jesus were all locked in, deadbolted a door. They're locked in tight to a room all by themselves. And Jesus, who had resurrected from the dead, came and stood among them. And he said to them, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples said this, those guys who locked themselves up in a room because they were scared to death of what was happening, and they were all scared about what was happening in that room, he shows them his hands and his side, and he says to them again, peace be with you, and they were overjoyed. And Jesus said again, peace be with you, and he, he said to them, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he let out a little air, he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. There were like 12 grown men, y'all, locked in a tiny room in Jerusalem. They'd convinced themselves that they could lock themselves in a room and lock all their fears and problems outside. Let's just deadbolt that wall and we'll, we'll lock all those problems out and everything will be fine in here. But have you ever been in that situation? What happens when you're in that room all locked up and tight? Things are just as chaotic just as noisy and just as scary inside that room as it is where you're trying to lock all those problems outside the door. And as I studied this this week, I thought, how silly, right? How silly it is that us humans think we can lock ourselves up, get ourselves all tight and wound up and keep all our problems outside. We can focus on the perfect life, keeping ourselves perfectly safe in rooms while all the rest of that chaotic stuff is outside the doors. Think of all the ways we do this in our own lives, right? I thought how silly this was, and God's like, yeah, it's, that's silly, Erica. Think about all the things you're tight with and all locked up with, right? We're tight with our money. 
We, we try to save it for the perfect retirement that we've always dreamed of, so we're tight with it. We save it for all the perfect things that we want. We become all tight and locked up. What might it look like this morning if we're not, if we just let release just a little bit, let just a little bit of that money go to God and God's purposes to shine light and ignite change? What might that look like? We're tight with our breath because we're all stressed and anxious about trying to live the perfect lives and work the perfect jobs and be the perfect parents and the perfect spouse and be in the perfect relationships. What does it look like to release just a little bit of that and make room for that breath of Jesus that has the Holy Spirit that gives us peace and frees us up? Some of us are tight with our love, right? We've been, we've been hurt one time too many, and so we're going to hold on to that love, keep it all locked up and tight in our lives and not share it with the people around us because we know what happens. That opens us up to, to possibly being hurt. So we keep it all locked up and tight, right? What does it look like for, for you to hear Jesus say this morning, peace be with you. Release just a little bit of that love to a world and see what kind of peace that gives you and to the world around you. What might it look like for those of us who, have, who are tight with our time? We don't have one extra second in the day because we've got all these perfect things that we want to do, right? What does it look like for us to be just a little less tight with our time? Give just, release just a little bit to shine light and ignite change with Jesus. What are you tight with? What's all locked up in your life? And what might it look like for you to make room for Jesus? There's good news for those of us who feel locked up and tight. There's some really good news. Jesus came right in the middle of that locked up and tight room. He came right in the middle of the midst of the chaos and the noise. He came in the, in the deadbolt locked door with all those people scared to death, breathing rapidly. Ever had that experience? And Jesus stood right in the middle of that room with people who were locked up away from all of their... Their perfect idea of the world, how it was going to be, it was completely shattered a couple weeks before that when Jesus was crucified and died. And they're sitting in there because their perfect plans have been shattered. They've locked themselves away from the, room, from the world. And Jesus comes inside those walls. God, through Jesus, breaks into those locked up deadbolt walls. And he says to them, peace be with you. In the midst of their scared and stressful conversations, Jesus stands among them and says, peace be with you. Imagine Jesus standing in the midst of your tightness, in the midst of your fear, in the midst of your locked upness. What does it look like for Jesus to stand in the midst of all of that chaos in your life and say to you, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. See, peace is not the absence of locked upness, of tightness, of fear. Peace isn't the absence of all of those things. It's a gift from Jesus in the midst of it all. It is a gift from Jesus in the midst of it all. And here's the thing, the disciples didn't say, hey Jesus, since you're here, can you give us some peace? They didn't even know that's what they needed. They weren't asking for it. They didn't even know that that's what they needed. But Jesus takes a moment and he gives them peace. And he didn't ask for anything from them. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you my peace. Give me your locked upness, your fear, your tightness, and then here's your peace. God didn't say that. Jesus said, here is my peace. My peace be with you. And those guys who locked themselves up in this perfectly safe room away from all of that stuff, 
simply experienced the gift of Jesus' peace. They didn't ask for it. They didn't even know that they need it. Jesus just gave it to them. And I believe that's what God is offering to us through Jesus this morning. Some of us don't even know that's what we needed this morning. And Jesus is standing among us in the locked upness and tightness of your life and saying, peace, peace be with you. My whole life, y'all, my whole life, I thought that peace meant that your life was, was absent of all the fear and the chaos and the noise that life comes with. And God revealed to me this week, no, no, it's Jesus giving you peace in the midst of all of that, in the midst of our chaotic world that's convincing us to be perfect, in the midst of that, Jesus says, peace be with you. Jesus stood among those folks in the midst of their fears, in the midst of their chaos, in the midst of the noise, in the midst of a busy season. It was Passover for them. Life was crazy for them too. And he said, peace be with you. Some of you may be like me, and you think that peace is going to, it's almost summertime, right, y'all? And so you think your peace is going to come from the lake or the mountains or the beach or wherever those perfect vacations that we have planned are. But here's the deal. You still have those jobs, that family. Some of us are taking those perfect families that we have with us on those vacations that we won't. You, you can't escape the desire to be perfect. You have to give it up so that, so that our lives aren't all tight and locked up, but they are full of peace. What does what does that look like for us this morning? I'm going to ask Chris if he'll come up here for a second. Um, I want you to imagine this, this pinto beam here. What does it look like? What is that one thing you're holding on to in your life? That perfect job, that perfect sale, that perfect investment, that perfect, those perfect kids going to the perfect school, the perfect amount of money you're going to have for retirement. What is that, that addiction that you're keeping secret from everybody else because you got a perfect life to live, right? What is that one thing that you're holding in your hands? You've got it all locked up and tight. Hold it tight. And, and pretty soon, Chris's arm's going to ache. His blood flow is going to be restricted in his arm. And all of his body is going to be thinking about how to protect that one perfect thing inside of his hand. Science proves right now that when we hold on to those one perfect things, 80% of our thoughts are negative. 80% of our brain energy is spent every day not on how we can create or be, be better people, better parents, serve our world better. 80% of our thoughts become how do we keep this perfect thing locked up and tight and away from the world and the plans that God has for us. What does it look like, right? What is this for you? And what does it look like for you to open up that hand? To hear Jesus say, peace be with you. Because when it's all locked up, when it's all locked up, right, look what God's doing. And what, sorry Camille, don't <laughs> give up on perfect. <laughs> what does it look like? We miss all these blessings that God has for us. Because we think this is the one perfect thing. This is the one perfect thing for us. And what does it look like to open that hand up? Catch these, okay? <laughs> And receive those and then release them to a world that needs them. See, we get, we get caught up thinking there's one perfect thing, one perfect thing, and we, we spend all our time thinking about that. 
when, when God's peace offers so much more joy because there's a million more opportunities for us to experience peace? What happens when we let that go, when we think there's one million wrong things that could steal this one thing we love from it, and we give up on thinking about that, and we let God's healing and peace offer us and the world infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities, and we release them to the world? What does this look like in your life this morning? What does it look like to release those things? You can go sit down now. <laughs> You did good. You did good. See, peace isn't just for us. It's not just for those of us in this room. The peace that Jesus gives to us is meant to be shared with a world who is longing for it. In the same ways that we're longing for it, who can name a friend that you know is longing for peace in their life? What does it look like for us to be people who share that peace with others? See, peace isn't just for us in this room. It's for people beyond those walls out there living in a chaotic world that's convinced them they have to be, be perfect. And God is saying, what does it look like for you to share my peace with them? One of my jobs is to spend as much time as I can with young adults. I, I take them to coffee. I go to young adult events. I do everything I can to be around young adults. And when I'm present with them, this is what I'm learning this is what I'm hearing from them say, you know what stresses the majority of the folks that, that are young, do you know what stresses them out the most? College debt. They're living with insurmountable college debt. And it stresses them out. They have to get the perfect job, live in the perfect apartment, have the perfect family so that they can still pay off that college debt. It becomes a prison. It locks them up and keeps them tight. And just this week, y'all, I was watching the news. Did anybody see this story? Robert Smith, one of the wealthiest men on the planet, I, I, tweeted, I messaged him on Twitter and asked him why. He gave a scholarship. To, uh, he paid off all the college debts. He was the commencement speaker at Morehouse College. It's a historically black college. There was 450 men, black men graduating from college, and Robert Smith paid off their college debt in full. All of them walked across the stage and got a diploma and a debt-free education. It frees them up for all kinds of things. I heard all kinds of stories. This one guy could take a job that paid him a little less because he didn't have to worry about the the paying the money back. He took a job that, that meant he could Im have more impact on people's lives. Do you hear that? The peace that Robert Smith offered him was able to be offered to others because he could take a different job that impacted people differently. Do y'all see how this works? I messaged him to ask him this week, like, why did you do that? Was there some experience in your life? And he didn't message me back. That's okay. He's a busy guy. I don't know why I thought that would work. Um, <laughs> I, I tried it. Um, anyway, my hunch is that at some point in his life, he's experienced the peace of God. And he said, you know what? Offering this peace to guys around us, what, what might that look like? And I, I was literally like printing this sermon off, and I was praying over it last night. And I was praying, God, help our people to give up on perfect. And I got a text message from a friend who's been in the adoption process for 18 and a half months. It's been this journey has been filled with disrupted adoptions and chaos and whirlwind. And she texted me a picture of their new baby girl. And her and her husband are, are holding this baby girl. And she, she texted me, and this is what she said, Erica, this has been a whirlwind, and I've never experienced peace like I'm experiencing right now either. Thank you for praying. And I was like, of course, God, that's how you work. You give peace in the midst of the chaos. And look at that peace. Because birth parents and adoptive parents both agreed to let go of the perfect plans they had for their lives. They can offer a little bit more peace. Not perfect peace. It's not going to be perfect or, fat or 
they, they're going to have to give up on perfect a lot <laughs> over the next few years. But what does it look like, right? That's what's starting to happen as we give up on our perfect ideas, our perfect plans, the things that we have locked up and tight within us. When we start to release that, it gives us peace, allows us to experience some peace, and those around us to experience some peace too. Here's the deal. This morning, God is asking some of you to give up on the perfect things that you are holding on to so tightly. And this very week, you're going to have an opportunity to spread God's peace with others. On Thursday night at 7.30, we're going to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. For folks who don't know where their next meal is coming from, we get to participate in helping to give them some peace about where their next meal will come from. Youth this summer will get to participate in helping young people learn to read, right? Um, keeping their, their summer achievement gap, keeping that thing out of the way so that we can give some more peace and they'll experience some peace too. What might God be calling you to this morning? Maybe it's to sign up to serve with Horizon Kids because, or our new forming youth group that Alex is going to help us with because kids and youth are surrounded with these ideas that you've got to do perfect. You've got to be perfect on your test. You've got to get into the perfect school. They're bombarded with this and it's literally killing our young people. And here at Horizon, what does it look like for us to say, God doesn't need you to be perfect. God loves you as the imperfect person you are and to share that peace with the people around you. What does it look like? What is God inviting you to do as you give up on perfect this week and share your peace? Share the peace that only God can give with the world around you. You don't have to be perfect. God doesn't need perfect people. God just needs people who will stop, open their hands, and hear, peace be with you. Will you pray with me? God, we are here this morning, and some of us are so locked up and tight with our perfect stuff, we don't even know what it looks like to release it. And so we just pray, God, for your courage and your grace to help us begin to release those things that, that we think are so perfect, and just begin to release them to you. And we pray, God, that this morning we will hear clearly, peace be with you.